This episode is brought to you by Deadline Funnel. Deadline Funnel is one of my favorite tools for course creators because it does authentic deadlines so well and helps you have an amazing evergreen funnel. You can get a double free trial just for my audience. Instead of the 14-day free trial that you would get just from going to deadlinefunnel.com, for my audience, you can get a 28-day free trial by going to deadlinefunnel.com slash OCG, which stands for Online Course Guy. Now on to episode 132, Paul Lipsky returns to talk webinars. Regular people are taking their knowledge and content, packaging it up in an online course, and they're making a living doing it. But not everyone is successful with online courses. There's a right way and there's a wrong way. And I'm here to help course creators actually succeed with online courses. Hi, I'm Jacques Hopkins, and this is The Online Course Show. And off we go. Welcome aboard. Glad you're with us. This is the Online Course Show. I'm your host, Jacques Hopkins, and here with me is our co-host, David Crozy. Hey, what's up? And we're excited to dive into all things online courses with you today. David Crozy, welcome to episode 132. Thank you. This is going to be our classic, you know, interview episode. We've got uh, actually a repeat guest. Paul Lipsky came back. It's been a couple years, a year and a half since I spoke to him on the podcast. Love his story. Always very insightful. He's very, he's very uh, engaging in the, in the Facebook group as well. He, he's always got phenomenal insights. And so I'm excited about that conversation. But before we get into that, let's chat a little bit. What's been going on with you, David? Oh, not a whole lot. I mean, I've got my uh, deadline funnel up and running, and I, I usually try to have some fun just with every aspect of building an online course. So with that running, I set up a notification, and I used to do a lot of phishing. So anytime somebody enters my deadline funnel, the message that comes and comes through as a notification currently, it says, your bobber's underwater. And it's just a fun visualization that, you know, somebody's somebody's interested, and then just to visualize them going through this experience over the next few days. So I don't know. Did you ever do any fishing in the past or currently? No, not not a big not a big uh, fisherman. I love sports, uh, but I'm not, you know, the hunting and the fishing, the outdoorsy sports type that type things like that. Never really got into it. I'm more of a, you know, football, baseball, basketball, even golf type of person. Definitely. So you mentioned notifications, though, like, man, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty anti notifications and almost anything besides like a text message or a phone call. You remember that book, Make Time, we went through, you know, several episodes ago, you're not supposed to have notifications, David, how's your make time stuff going? Oh, man, I gotta be honest, not too well. I mean, behavior change, behavior change is hard. I was actually thinking like, I have a, a funny story about an actual successful behavior change. I'll go ahead and share it. I actually consider not sharing it because it's pretty embarrassing. But it does have like some instructive value or just some value. A couple things as I was reflecting on it as a course creator, uh, kind of the question, what would you do to get a video to go viral on YouTube? Because it's easy to say, I know even in this interview with Paul Lipsky, you say like put the content out on YouTube, but I mean, it's hard to get YouTube's algorithm to actually show it, especially if you're entering a crowded market. And then also just the value of what I'd call an advisory board, which could be your wife or a family member. But somebody, if you come up with a harebrained scheme that is willing to tell you like, hey, that's a bad idea. But essentially like, and this is a little bit embarrassing just because it's incongruent with being healthy. But back in probably 2010, I got addicted to monster energy. I don't know. Do you have you ever done the energy drinks at all? 
No, no. Well, I do. I do nature's energy drink, David. I am a huge coffee fan, as you know, and that's that's my energy drink of choice. Black coffee, mm. black iced coffee, preferably. Yeah. Well, most people, most people feel like that's a lot healthier, but yeah. So I started drinking monster and I just enjoyed this process of like stopping at a gas station and buying like an absolutely zero or a sunrise. And it, it just became a daily thing that I was like, man, I hope I don't see a patient in there. Cause I'm a, for those that are listening for the first time, I'm a chiropractor and I talk about health and I would try to quit, but I'd go a day or two without one. And then I'd like, I'd have this rebound. I'd go and get two in one day. And I'm just like, man, this is bad. And <laughs> I, I talked to my wife about it. I'm like, man, I'm really, this habit is annoying. I tried to quit, but I just, I just enjoy it. I enjoy buying it. I enjoy drinking it. So anyways, I was out for this long bike ride and thinking about wanting to quit drinking monster. And I thought about an aversion reaction. So are you familiar with the term aversion reaction? I don't think so. Doesn't ring a bell. Okay, well, the classic one is like, let's say that when you're when your daughters are teenagers, you catch them like smoking cigarettes, then like old school parents would like make the kid like sit down and smoke a pack of cigarettes until they throw up. (laughs) And the theory, the theory would be that once you throw up as a result of doing something like it, it, you don't want to do that again, your brain is like, that's poison to you. And so I actually had one of these aversion reactions when I was like 19. So I was over at a friend's house and we were going to get, there was like eight inches of snow coming and we got this wild idea to drink half a bottle of tequila and go cross country skiing. Don't really remember how the night ended, but the next morning uh, was one of the worst mornings of my life. And for years, I couldn't even touch or stand the smell of tequila. So anyways, I'm out on this bike ride and I was like, maybe I could stop drinking Monster Energy through an aversion reaction. And I actually stopped on this trail and I'm really scared about where this is about to go, by the way. (laughs) So I researched like make yourself throw up or something. And there is this stuff called Epicac syrup. And essentially Mm -hmm. it, it has a violent reaction. And so I'm sitting there like brainstorming. I'm like, this sounds like it would be pretty easy. Like, so essentially take the Epicac, slam a monster and let the fireworks begin. And I'm like, this would really let me, you know, stop at monster energy potentially. And then at the time I had not started my course, my online course journey, but I was starting this process of trying to make YouTube videos. And my only goal was that by having a popular YouTube video that then had a link to my compass chiropractic website That if the video was popular, I thought, oh, at some level that should help my search engine optimization. And so I start to think like, hey, I could make this video that potentially would get really popular and have this powerful link, you know, a high quality link back to Compass Chiropractic. And and I'm like, this would be great. This would be three birds with one stone, kick the habit of monster, help a bunch of other addicts around the world, uh, get rid of their, their energy drink or whatever they have a problem with and then create this popular video. So I remember I was biking back toward town to meet my wife for a walk. And I was just, I was totally like planning it all out. And I was thinking, this is like Tim Ferriss meets Johnny Knoxville, you know, you know, essentially body hacking, health hacking. And I was like, this is going to be great. I met my wife for a walk and I start to tell her this, this plan. And I'm excited about it. I'm like, this is going to be great. I'm going to quit monster. I'm going to have this great popular video and help a bunch of people. And we were walking across this bridge in this beautiful lake. I remember my wife just stopped and looked at me. And the look she gave me was like, I was like just the lowest of the low leech or a centipede or a dog turd that she stepped on. And she was just like, David, she's like, if you are willing to like cause yourself to throw up to drink monster, 
She's like, maybe to stop drinking Monster, maybe you should just stop. And I remember I just stood there like I'd been punched in the stomach and I was like, yeah, but I'm like, there's more to it than just stopping. I'm like, it's, it's got, it's got these other advantages, but interestingly, like it wasn't just for Val, but for some reason, the way that she looked at me and and just thinking like I was ready to make myself throw up to quit monster. I, I successfully quit drinking monster. So I don't think I've had one for probably, I don't know, 24, 28 months. So Anyways, behavior change is hard. You know, back to how does it apply to course creators? I mean, like you tell people start a YouTube channel, but it's hard to get YouTube to show your videos. And sometimes you might end up thinking like, what do I need to do? And it's good to have somebody that you can, you know, if you're like me and you're a (laughs) schemer at all, it might be good to have somebody to run an idea by. A lot of layers to that story, David. You know, Dr. David Crozy giving out health advice. Don't drink monsters. Don't do what he did. You know, we have, uh, you know, a big LSU football fan or head coach here, Ed Orgeron, who, uh, you know, we've talked about several episodes ago. He's, uh, he's like a monster addict. But what's interesting is he, he's actually 20 years sober, you know, from alcohol. Okay. And he, he recently hit that, but it's, you know, Typically, people with addictive personalities kind of find something else. So he's known for, you know, he doesn't drink alcohol, but he drinks like five monsters a day, something like that. Is that that right? Well, I still think that somebody could make the YouTube video. I just, it's not going to be me. (laughs) Probably not best for your image. Probably not super congruent with with who you truly are. All right. Well, let's uh, let's just blast forward, David, here. Man, I'll tell you, my, my online course, you know, Piano in 21 Days is just it's, you know, speaking of blasting forward is it's doing well, it's doing it's, you know, better than it ever has. It continues to be up during this time when when people are just staying home for the most part, trying to learn new things. So I'm just super pumped at how well it's still doing and it's still still helping people learn piano. It's it's a lot of fun right now. Are you going to announce whether you reached or passed that goal? What the, goal? The six figure in a month goal. <laughs> Yeah, man, it's it's wild. Like the 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 most I've brought in. In fact, this is my fourth month in a row of of the most sales, most revenue in a month. And so March twenty twenty was about sixty five k in just core sales, piano core sales. And we're right at the end of April here. Got a couple of days left in April. About one hundred twenty one k. Oh far. my gosh! Congratulations, Jacques. <laughs> I mean, you deserve it. You put in the work and you're really helping people. That's really neat. Man, I appreciate it. And it's it's funny to watch because I do spend most of my time on the online course guy side of things. And and this side, you know, it doesn't bring in near as much money. It brings in it brings in a good amount, you know, mostly affiliate income, sponsorships, things like that. Because as of right now, most of what I offer is free. But I do make money in other ways from this side. But you know, the one that I haven't been paying as much attention to, but you know, the, the reason is because I put in so much work up front. That's the one that's really taking off during this time. It's, it's, you know, it's really cool to see. And and I'm telling you almost all of it is going to, to cash reserves. I'm just saving up cash because who knows what things are going to look like a, a few months of now, but, but I appreciate it, man. It's, it's a lot of fun to, to see not only the, you know, the financial numbers go up, but the the quantity of just happy students too you know people you know they're a weekend and they're like i love this course it's great so helping people learn piano it's a lot of fun that's awesome awesome and another thing worth mentioning in the past week or so is i'm starting to film in 4k I think 4K is is obviously the future. There was a time when 1080, like HD, high definition was the big thing. I remember when I was probably a teenager and the World Series was coming up and 
my 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 dad was considering getting one of these fancy like high definition TVs. They weren't flat screen or anything at the time. They were still pretty big, and and I was just like, man, that, how cool would it be to watch the World Series in high definition? You know, we were used to those four by three ratio standard definition at, at the time, and that's I feel like that's kind of what's happening now with with 4K. Things are kind of slowly moving that way, and as as online course creators, we have to think about that. You know, most of the information we probably convey, most of us convey in an online course course is with video, right? And you could be less left in the dust eventually if you stick with 1080. You know, it's it's I think it's happening slowly, but five years from now, I'd imagine 4K is going to be the standard. So the camera that I purchased about four months ago, it's a Sony A6400, does have 4K ability. And honestly, you know, that's not one of the reasons I bought it, but it's just kind of a nice feature that it had. And I was like, huh, I could probably start just filming in 4K, but it adds some layers of complexity, you know, transferring files. There's so much bigger files, getting those files to my video editor and so on. But I'm starting to to do that this week and uh, excited to start putting out some 4K content. Nice. Yes. Nice. All right. You know what I think we should do next? I think we should do our win of the week. We have uh, we great. debuted we debuted this segment a few weeks ago. I think it's been going well, well received, and we've got another one here from Kelly Casanova. Who you know, one of the things I love about this kind of niche that we're in is like you never run out of interesting, different you know, almost weird niches that people are, are in or not weird might not be the, the best word for this particular case, but it's just something you never would have thought of. And in this case, Kelly uh, does teaches people weaving. Right. And so she had a recent win. So without further ado, let's go ahead and play this week's win of the week. Hi, my name is Kelly and I have an online weaving school that I've had for close to three years now. You can find me at kellycasanovaweavinglessons.com. My big win is that recently I had a $10,000 revenue month, which was my first one ever. And that was hugely exciting for me and for my business. All right, so short and sweet there from Kelly. Uh, but the big thing is she had a $10,000 month. How cool is that? That's amazing. I mean, that that could change her life. And, you know, I'd, I'd be interested to know what that did for her if she if she still has a full-time job. But yeah, that, that could really take, let a person just have freedom and, and the choice to do whatever they want. Yeah, I, I wish she would have shared like her why behind it because she told us that it was it meant a lot to her that she was able to earn you know that five figure mark in a month. But why? Why was it important to her? I would have loved to have heard uh, her side of that story. And I know for me, ten thousand dollars in a month that was kind of always the goal for me ever since starting my online piano course because I'd be working my my full time job as an electrical engineer and I'd always have that in my in my head like. If I can build this thing to $10,000, like how amazing would that be? First of all. And mm-hmm. second of all, that would be, that would allow me to quit my job. I was really scared to quit my job because I had a, built up a lot of great relationships, uh, really respected my boss. I had the same boss my entire eight years that I worked there and he was phenomenal. He was a phenomenal mentor. And I just dreaded the day of going to be like, look, I'm, I'm, I'm quitting my job. But I figured if I could go to, go to him and be like, look, I've built this thing and it's bringing in $10,000 a month, then it would have been so much easier to break that news to him. Cause it's like, yeah, this thing, you know, over here works. And I just thought that would be a good amount of money for me and my wife to live very comfortably, have her not have to work either. And, and so for me, that $10,000 was always the mark as well. And clearly it was a big deal for Kelly as well. 
Yeah. Congratulations, Kelly. Yeah. Great job, Kelly. Thanks for sharing so much. And with that, oh, by the way, guys, if you're out there and you've got a recent win, I want to hear from you. We want to hear from you. And the way you do that is you go to the onlinecourseguy.com slash win and you just record a short audio message. We make it super, super easy on that page for you to do that. And let's you tell us about a recent win, whether it's something like Kelly where she had a great month or maybe you had a great launch or maybe you made your first online course sale or maybe having an online course business allowed you to do something really, really cool. And make sure you share that why. Like, why was that thing, why was that win so important for you? Tell us a story. We'd love to hear about it. That is theonlinecourseguy.com slash win. So I think the next thing we need to do, David, is go ahead and get into our feature content of the day, which is an interview with me and Paul Lipsky. Does that sound good? That sounds great. Now, do you do you have the episode number for people to go back and listen to the first one if they want? Oh goodness, it's 80 something. I mention it, I mention it in the interview okay. <laughs> with Paul. So stay tuned for that. In a couple of minutes, I'll share what episode it was. It's 80 something. I think it's either 80 or 82, but Paul, Paul and I in our conversation we're about to play will reveal that for us. So yes, I've had Paul Lipsky on the show before about a year and a half ago. Phenomenal story. He had built up to about a thousand students in his first eight months in business. And now he's up over 3000 students. He's doing as well as ever. He's living in a van, loving life because of his online course business. So let's go ahead and play the full conversation with Paul Lipsky right now. What's going on, Paul? Welcome back to the online course show. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me back. I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to me again. I, I love your story. You know, obviously, we chatted back in episode 80, and, and the biggest thing that jumped out at me back then, there's a lot of things, obviously, but the, the biggest thing was how quickly your online course business grew. Because for me, that's, that's not my story, right? It was very slow growth over time, and fortunately, more exponential, but, but certainly, you could have exponential growth and still start quickly. So you got your first 1,000 students in your very first eight months in business. I mean, it took me that long to just put together my course and launch it. So at this point now, it's probably been a year, year and a half since we last talked on the podcast, since those thousand students in the first eight months. About how many students are you at now? We're a little over 3,000 students now. Dude, congratulations. That's amazing. All right, so you had just uh, you had just quit your job as well, I'm assuming, you know, with another couple thousand students that you never went back to work. Is that fair to say? Yeah. So I think during the last podcast, I had quit my job, but hadn't actually left yet, if I remember right. So now I've been free for about a year and a half. So it's been pretty, pretty amazing. And, you know, I I follow you on Facebook and whatnot. And I see all these pictures of you and I guess your husband and a van and all these crazy places. Are you living in a van now? Yeah. So we were in New York during the last podcast. And that's where we live, New York City. And then we left there a little bit after, maybe like six months after I quit my job, moved down to Florida where my husband got a job there and I was working online and we were loving it down there. And then we're like, you know what, let's just do something even crazier. So we bought a camper van and now we live in that. It has beds, it has shower, toilet, it has kitchen. So it has everything. It's not like we're, you know, roughing it, but it's, it's pretty fun. Pretty amazing. That's something that, that my wife and I have, have talked about for years and we just, it seems like it would be really cool. Is it as cool as you thought it would be? And how do you run an online business from a van? 
It is as cool as I thought it would be for <laughs> sure. There are challenges. You know, it's a small space, obviously. So that's like relationship challenges. But, you, you know, you grow into your relationship there. It's pretty cool. And also working from the road, it's, it has its pluses and minuses. I mean, because, you know, we have Wi-Fi in the van. We have multiple hotspots, AT&T and Verizon. We have these things called cell boosters, which pretty much is antenna on the roof of the van, which amplifies our hotspots, makes them a little stronger. But if I wasn't like right now, I'm at a family member's house. If I wasn't here, it'd be challenging to do like this interview. And I had to go to like a Starbucks or McDonald's because they have really good Wi-Fi. So we kind of get used to knowing what restaurants have really fast Wi-Fi. That helps a lot too. So having an online course business, and I guess any, any business that's got a lot of passive income in it allows us to do some pretty cool things, especially when you're, when you're really successful at it. Is just like the whole quitting your job and living in a van thing. Would you say like that's the coolest thing or is there something else you could share with us that, that this, this, this type of business has really enabled uh, you and your family to be able to do? I think that's the coolest thing I've ever done in my entire life. So, <laughs> I mean, just, I mean, and that's, that's like my dream, right? It, it was something that we wanted to do. We wanted to move into this van. I know other people, they just, they just want to stay at home, right? They just want time with their family. Other people, they want to be like jet setters going around the world, you know, traveling different countries out of a backpack. So it's really like whatever your dream is. And for us, this is it. And uh, we're living it right now. It's just been amazing. Yeah. So for those that maybe haven't listened to that first episode that you were on or not familiar with you and what you do, why don't you kind of recap for us, you know, the type of person you help, what your topic is, what your niche is, and, and what your course or courses are about? Sure. So I teach something called eBay dropshipping. So most people have heard of eBay. It's a, website, it's a marketplace where you can sell items on eBay. And we use a model called dropshipping. So what that is, is we sell products on eBay. Uh, that we don't actually have in stock. So this is something else that we do from the van because we don't need a warehouse. We don't need a garage full of items. We sell these items on eBay. Once they sell, then we turn around and we take the money that the customer on eBay gave us and we use that to actually buy the item from our supplier. And that supplier ships the item directly to the customer. So we're just kind of like a middleman. We're connecting the supplier up with the customer on eBay and on Amazon because I do the same thing on Amazon. So that's what I do. And that's what I teach other people how to do. I have basically two flagship courses, the eBay course and the Amazon course. Now, do you actually do that? Do you do that business still yourself or do you just focus on your courses now? Yep, we, we still do it. I think it's really important to still do it because mm -hmm. it's changing a lot. I think like, stop me if you, if I'm wrong about this, but I feel like something like piano, it doesn't really change too much. So like you could probably make the course once. And I think you told me you've updated it once maybe. Actually five times. Oh, five. Okay. So yeah. I stand corrected. All right. But did you update it because of like, you wanted to make it higher quality or is there actually like uh, changes to the pedagogy of teaching piano. Yeah, so they came out with these new revolutionary pianos and I had to change everything. No. So obviously the piano hasn't changed in, in many centuries. Uh, I update my course 
when I get, you know, better camera equipment, but I mean, you know, we're talking on video right now. Look at this studio, right? This, I'm pretty proud of what you're looking at on my side. You know, you should compare this to my very first version of my course, for example. So I want to always come across as good as, as, as professional uh, as possible. Now I might not always act professional on camera, but you know, the, the setup will, will be professional. So I get better equipment, lighting, and then I get better at teaching and being on camera as well. Right. So another problem with those first couple of versions is I was very timid and, and I didn't, I didn't know how to interact with the camera, whereas I'm, I'm pretty good at that now. So. Oh, and then, and then the other thing is I'm always getting feedback from my students, right? So, you know, right now, even though I've recorded it fifth times, I'm pr- five times, I'm pretty proud of it. But there is this one limitation in day seven of my course that really hangs people up. And so the next time I record it, like I'm going to make sure that that's a little smoother because I've gotten that feed- feedback from my students. So those are the reasons that I will record, re-record my course, but I do a lot of training on how to do courses too. And that is more of an ever-changing, an ever-changing, you know, thing to teach on kind of like yours. So I can only imagine that you've got to stick with it so that you can continually share the latest and greatest information with your students. Yeah, exactly. So that's why we, I mean, that's not the only reason I do it. I mean, it makes us money, so I'm going (laughs) to keep doing it. So very cool. All right. So you mentioned some tools on the last episode that you were using and loving. I want to see if you're still using any of those. Is your course still on Teachable? Yep. Still using Teachable. Um, still happy with it. We were never using ClickFunnels before, but very, very recently I started playing around with it, as you know, and we'll see where that goes. But it's, I always like trying new things. There's a couple of limitations. I've noticed that ClickFunnels doesn't have the same limitations. So that's why I'm kind of exploring it. Yeah. And I've noticed more and more people are using ClickFunnels in conjunction with a different course hosting platform like Teachable, Thinkific, Kajabi, because ClickFunnels, that's not what it does best. It doesn't do courses best. What it does best is the sales funnels and the, you know, landing pages and order forms and all that. So they can certainly work hand in hand. So I'd be curious to, you know, follow up with you maybe the next time you're on the podcast and see if you're still playing around with ClickFunnels. What about Bonjoro? You said you were using Bonjoro to, to send the videos to thank your new students like I do. Are you still using that? We, we still have it. I haven't been as consistent with it as I would like to be. There's a period where I just completely stopped uh, and then I picked it back up and I'm not consistent with it, but we do, I would say like every week I at least do some, but mm-hmm. I, I want to be more consistent. I want to be more like you with it. <laughs> yeah. I logged into my dashboard the other day and I, I didn't even know it was record. Like I didn't know these stats existed. I kind of ended up in a, in a place I, I had never been before. And, and I have sent over 3000 Bonjouros. Yeah. It's over time, you know, it's, it's a lot, but I couldn't imagine sitting down and doing, trying to do 3000 at one time, but they did, they did release a new feature a couple months ago. So if you ever do get backed up on your Bonjouros, they have this feature called roll up where you can just, you know, check everybody's box and just send one video to everybody so that you can easily get caught up. Everybody still gets a video. It's not as personal. Everybody still gets a video. And then you can, you know, Put put your foot in the sand and say, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna do it for everybody going forward. What about uh, proof? You were using proof as a little notification for people when they, I guess, bought your course. You still using that? We use something similar now. It's not proof. It's kind of like one of their competitors. Mm-hmm. Proof was great. It was just way too expensive. Way too expensive. I agree. I'm still on proof, but I'm on their like smallest plan. But I have been I've been doing research on alternatives lately. I would love to hear which one you ended up on. So we're using one called Prove Source, 
I'm not exactly. They have a weird spelling too. But if you if you Google Prove Source, it does come up. It's pretty easy to set up, and yeah, it's been working fine. So we just use that with Zaps, and yeah, no problems with it. Very cool. All right, so your main source of traffic last time we talked was YouTube, and and you had a very impressive YouTube channel. I remember at the time you had about eighteen thousand subscribers. I just checked this morning; you're up to forty five thousand subscribers. Is YouTube your still your main source of traffic? Yeah, absolutely. So at that time, we were doing two videos a week, one live, one pre-recorded video. Last year, we went up to three videos a week. And now we're back down to two because we (laughs) didn't notice that three actually made a difference. So I was beating myself up for a while, trying to get to three videos a week. I was really stressed out about it, actually. I didn't realize it at the time. And then earlier this year, I evaluated it and said, you know what? it really doesn't make a difference. So we just went back down to two. Dude, I love that. So you're the second person that I've talked to recently who has said basically the same thing. I, I My friend David Walliman, who I've had on the podcast a couple of times as well, he for years did three videos a week. And eventually after like 10 years of doing that, he got overwhelmed and just kind of stopped for a, a few weeks. And then when he came back, he started doing two videos a week and it was like he noticed the same exact results doing two versus three and he was a lot less overwhelmed. So that's that's very interesting that I've now heard that twice. Well, this is why it's important to listen to your podcast because I didn't even think of that idea until I heard that podcast episode. <laughs> and then I actually went in and looked and was like, oh my gosh, let's try this. And then when I did, I was like, oh my gosh, it doesn't make a difference. It's doing just as well. So... <laughs> Yeah, we're, I mean, we're in this little niche here of online courses. I mean, it's, it, it truly is a niche. I, I never wanted to create just like a generic online business brand or podcast. That's why this is the online course show. If so, if anybody out there uh, wants to get into online courses or has an online course, I mean, that's, you're going to get little tips and insights like that. So I'm, that's great to hear that, that, that specific example is what caused you to realize that. I'm glad you tried it and were able to share those results. So typically for people, you know, just starting out, I like to see them do at least one uh, video a week. What, what do you think about you know one video versus two a week? I think that two videos a week, you know, that's what works really well for me. I think every niche is going to kind of have a sweet spot. But if you can't do two videos a week, just do one. I mean, the consistency is key. That's not a, a huge secret. And if the only way you can be consistent is one video a week, then do that. And what works really well for me is I do the one video. The other one's a live video. Now, I do prepare really like a lot for the live video. Uh, It's not just I go on there and just start like rambling away. Like I actually have a topic usually for that week. So there's preparation that goes into it. It's a good video, but that's that's all we do is the two videos. So when you're going live, I've been doing much more live stuff lately. It's normally on Facebook. Are you going live just on your YouTube channel? Yeah, just on YouTube. And do you do you actually interact? You 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 get people to comment and ask questions and so on. Yeah. So they, so what happens is during the week, people ask me questions or comments underneath my YouTube videos and I take screenshots of them. And then during my next live video, I have a topic normally for it. So like I usually present something and then at the end of that, I'll start answering questions. So what I'll do is I'll put up on the screen, all those screenshots and answer them. Or if someone's in there live, I can also put their comment on the screen with the software I use, and then I'll answer it right there. It's usually like 45 minutes. 
what software is it that you're using to be able to do that, those overlays on the screen? It's called Ecamm Live. I think it's only for Mac. Mm-hmm. So with with I, I'm not familiar with that particular software. I've been using StreamYard lately for my lives. And with tools like that, they're making it super easy to broadcast to multiple platforms at the same time. So why haven't you started to broadcast to other platforms at the same time? Because I don't really have another platform, to be honest. <laughs> I have a private Facebook group that's just for members of my course. But I don't have a Facebook group that's public that I might use for like um, marketing, so to speak. So let's jump into talking about webinars. I'm excited to talk to you about webinars today because I know you've used them extensively for selling. I do as well. Um, A lot's kind of changing with every webinar, and I just rolled out a new system myself. To set up a little bit of context, I want to jump back first. And I remember... When I first, you know, got in contact with you, you you actually reached out to me in reply to one of my piano email funnels, right? And you were you're like, this is so cool. How are you doing this particular thing with your funnel? And now and, and you said that you had a course yourself. And you know, I get those from time to time and they're usually not near as successful as you were. And once I found out, you know, you had you know, a thousand students already and this and that, and you were you were you were very successful. I saw your YouTube channel. Um, I reached out to you to come on the podcast the first time. And after we, we, we stopped recording that last time, I know we chatted a little bit more because I was amazed that you were, you were so successful without much of a funnel, right? And so we talked about webinars. I was like, man, Paul, I can't believe you're not doing webinars, man. You got to be doing webinars. So I think at some point between our last conversation and this conversation, you started doing webinars. Is that correct? Yeah. So I think at the time I had mini courses, which were yeah. kind of like product launch formula mini courses kind of. But yeah, then I moved on to evergreen webinars uh, shortly after that. How, what was your process for, for even knowing how to... S- you've got the setup, like all the tech of the setup, but then also the content of the webinar. What was your process for those two things? Well, luckily, I, ha- I had done live webinars before. So I knew like the content, the slides I already had. So during like when I first launched the course, I had done all that. And I basically learned that just by, I didn't know you could like learn it in the course. I just like watched a bunch of them on YouTube or went into people's funnels and watched them. And that's kind of how I learned how to do it. But then the actual, oh my gosh, I don't know how I learned how to do it. I guess I just signed up for like every webinar and just kind of went through the steps. I honestly don't remember how I figured it out. Sounds like you're, you know, in the ClickFunnels community, they call them funnel hackers. Sounds like you're a big time funnel hacker where you just go in and try to figure out, you know, people that, that have funnels and systems that are working already. Okay. Let's figure out how, how they're doing it. So that's really cool. Did the, I'm assuming the, the webinars, the evergreen webinars outperformed your previous funnel with the mini courses? They're doing really well. I was not doing a good job of tracking my uh, mini course conversions. I didn't know like how to do that. But with the webinar, we were getting like 5%. So that that was we were happy with that. And just in terms of how much money we were making, it seemed to be higher. Like it, it was higher. So, you know, I wasn't really sure what was working because I wasn't tracking well before, but it, it seemed like it was. That makes sense. Yeah. Now, were you were you kind of pretending it was live or was it very clear that it was not a live webinar? So (laughs) this is one of those things that like, I always felt weird about. So like we were using every webinar. It had, I think it had a chat maybe, 
had definitely had the different sign up times, but I, I made sure to never say it was live, but I also didn't say it was pre-recorded, if that makes sense. And it just always felt weird to me a little bit. Yeah, I feel exactly the same way. I'm, I always made sure I didn't promote it as live, say live, but I was also what wasn't saying, hey, to be super clear, this is pre-recorded. And there's so many features in software like EverWebinar that convey that it's that it's probably live you like literally have a fake quantity of people attending that that moves up and down like that's one of the key features in ever webinar and i had a chat role going just that i exported from a from a live session uh, that i did and it worked you know mine converted about five percent as well but I definitely got my fair share of people commenting, emailing me, even leaving reviews, a couple of reviews in, in places saying that, you know, it was a scam because saying that it was a scam because because the webinar was not live. And then I was just, you know, the whole thing was a scam. Did you get any messages like that as well? We definitely got a few things like people saying, is this live? Like that was the most common one that we received. I have a, actually have a VA now who handles my email. And I told her if I, if you see any emails like that, I just don't want to see them. Like that's her, <laughs> that's her job basically. <laughs> so she hides the, uh, the negative, the, the trolls and stuff from you. So we always, we, we would always respond with something like, cause, cause I do intersperse live webinars every now and then. So I always, we would always respond as like, well, sometimes they're live, sometimes they're pre-recorded. You know, we do our best to do as many live ones as possible, but sometimes it's not always possible. And so you may have, you may have seen a, a pre-recorded one, but I've since moved off of that system. Are you still using ever webinar? They, they, they just went through this whole thing where they made all their users upgrade from 3.0 to 4.0 and just killed 3.0. And you had to manually recreate everything. And that was just the last straw for me. And I've, you know, the, I've put out podcast episodes already. People know that I've moved off to a far more simple system using pretty much just click funnels. Are you still on ever webinar? No, we're officially done as of like a couple days ago. I was so mad about that too. It, it made me furious because like we are business owners and it's like, we're running a business. We have all these links. But we don't have, we don't want to do this. We don't have time to do this. It's a tremendous burden on us. They didn't ask us if we wanted to do this. And quite frankly, even though I know you had problems with EverWebinar, I had problems with EverWebinar, but personally I would have stayed with it just out of convenience. Mm -hmm. But the fact that they made me move, I was like, you know what, then I'm going to find something better. And that's when I saw what you did and I funnel hacked you and figured it out. So outstanding. Yeah. I think my biggest, my big, I had a lot of complaints about ever webinar, but my biggest complaint was it seemed like once I had, once you had a, a evergreen webinar set up and it was running and working, you couldn't really change anything. Like, Nate, Nate Dodson, who's been on this podcast many times, a lot of people are familiar with him. He wanted to turn off. He was sick of the, the, the fake chat, right? So he just wanted to turn it off. He turned it off and like everything broke and he emailed their support and they were like, Oh, you can't do that. Like you got to create a whole new webinar. And they, and, and something, something else on my end, I wanted to change. They told me the exact same thing. So it seemed like once you were getting registrants and so on, you couldn't change anything about your webinar. You had to totally recreate it, which is incredibly inconvenient. But so I just left everything alone. But then once they forced everybody to manually upgrade, now granted, they probably worked very hard on this new software. And I'm sure it's amazing. I've, I've heard good things about the new version. But once they were uh, <laughs> making you manually upgrade and then 
not like they only gave you like two months. It wasn't really a lot of time. I moved over. Unfortunately, the system that I moved to, which is, uh, it sounds like it's very similar to what you're on now as well. It's just a far better experience. You know, there's no pretending it's live at all. People get to watch it immediately. Did you set yours up pretty much how, how mine is? Yeah, so I set it up basically using like lead pages because we use lead pages and that works. Yeah, it's been working. Now, I thought I had funnel hacked you really well, but then you you made like a YouTube video or I forget how, maybe you posted in the group about it. You're a Facebook group for the, for what's it called? The Yeah, the online course community. Thank you. Online course community Facebook group about how it really works. And I was like, oh, there's all these little things in there yeah. that I didn't know that you did. Like that you were saying like, things appear based on the timestamp in the video. Mm -hmm. So if people watch it at two times speed, I was like, Oh man, now I need that. So that's one, that's one of the reasons we signed up for click funnels because now you sent me your template. So we're eventually going to move over to that. Yeah. Very cool. That's, that's one of my favorite uh, features of, of my system is the enroll now button comes in at, at the, based on the timestamp of the video, which for my webinar is about the one hour mark right? And ClickFunnels does have the built-in feature where you can say, if somebody's been on this page for X number of minutes or hours, then bring in this button. For me, that wasn't good enough because I wanted people to have the ability to watch at 1.5 speed, 2 speed. You know, once again, it's not live. Why not give people the ability to do exactly what I would do if I'm in that situation? Like I watch presentations like that at 2 uh, 2x speed. That's just what I do because I, you know, I have limited time, and if I'm interested in the topic, I'm going to be able to get that information. You know, for example, I listened to our, you know, episode 80, our previous episode, to prepare for this this conversation here today. I listened to it at like two and a half speed, and I, I got all the information. So I want people to be able to do that. But if you do that, then they're never, and you do the 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 traditional way of just letting ClickFunnels determine when the button comes in. They'll never actually see the button if they watch it at 2x speed. So we were able to drop in some custom code that allows it to be based on the, the timestamp of the video, which is built into the template that people get when they sign up for ClickFunnels using my affiliate link. So I think you, you realized that, and then you ended up signing, for, signing up for ClickFunnels using my affiliate link. So you now have uh, my template. So yeah, there's some little things in there, man. I, 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 want, to, I want to help people out, but I also got to pay the bills too. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, so we're pretty excited. I'm not going to move over to it right away because we just, I just went through the whole process. So yeah. I'm going to wait a little bit. But another reason I signed up for ClickFunnels is because we can split test sales pages, mm -hmm. uh, which I haven't found another way to really do it the way I want to do it. Uh, Teachable has kind of teased us, said they would use, give us that function. And they have given us the option to create multiple sales pages but not a good way to split test it. You'd have to use like an external right. sort of like link tracker uh, software to do that. And I was like, oh, come on. Like, so that's why I'm kind of excited for it. Teachable is, is in most, people, most people's opinion would be a better course platform, but it's not even close for our sales pages and funnels and split testing and all that. So I could definitely see you in the long term sticking with Teachable, but also using ClickFunnels for things like that. All right, Paul. Well, man, this has been fun to catch up about these. what's been going on in your business the past year and a half or so. You've, you've been doing this for, I guess, over a couple of years now, over 3,000 students now. Knowing everything you know now, what advice do you have for those more on the beginning stages of their online course journey? Yeah. So one thing I wanted to kind of just 
point out was that in 2017, when I, I'm sorry, 2018, when I launched my first course, that whole year was a, a year when I was fully focused on, in terms of the course side, just that one course. And during that year, I, I grew really fast. And last year, 2018, I kind of got a little bit more distracted. I was trying all these different things. I was trying to create all these different like new products in terms of like digital products. And I didn't do as well last year as the year before. And I think the reason for that was because I was focused on so many different things. And now that this year I'm focusing again on less, we're seeing better results. And the reason I want to tell that, I think a good moral of that is less is more sometimes. And I think we see that with the webinars that we're doing, you know, these complicated, crazy effort webinars. Sometimes that's too much, you know, and if you just simplify things, just focus down on what's really working, that's works so much better, I've found. And it keeps you more focused. It lets your audience know more what you're about. They're not like, wait, is he this guy? Is he the online course guy? Or is he like the guy who does lead generation? Or is he the guy who does uh, you know, ebooks? Like, oh, what is he? And I've just found that focusing down, it creates clarity of message. You're con- you're audience is less confused and that ultimately results in more sales. I could not agree more. I think it's a natural tendency that we have to once, once we start tasting success to kind of move on and and create the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. When in reality, most of the time you'll find more success by just doubling down on that first thing that worked and make that even better, you know, raise the price of that, simplify the marketing for that, increase the ad spend on that and just focus on that one thing. It sounds like you are, you share that sentiment as well. So I appreciate that reminder very much. And I, I wholeheartedly believe in it. So Paul, this was awesome, man. Appreciate it so much. Let's, let's get out of here. Just uh, remind people where they can connect with you online if they want to. Sure. So uh, the best place to see what I'm all about is just go onto YouTube and search for Paul J. Lipsky, or that's too much to remember. Just search for Paul and eBay and I'll come right up. Uh, If you search for my name, Paul Lipsky and the word van life, you can watch a video about life in my van. So you can check that out as well. (laughs) Awesome. I'll be checking that out as well. Thanks so much, Paul. All right, that's going to do it for our conversation with Paul. Let me bring you back into the picture here, David. Welcome back. Thank you. A lot of a uh, lot of cool stuff here to talk about. Kind of debating where I want to start here. Let's let's start. Let's talk about a little bit about ClickFunnels because, like I told Paul, I definitely see my fair share of people that are, that are hosting their course somewhere other than ClickFunnels, but still using ClickFunnels, and that's because Click. Uh, a course membership, a course site is not what ClickFunnels does best. What it does best is funnels, is sales funnels. Within that are your order forms and and some other things. And so I don't think it's a bad way to go to have ClickFunnels and an, another online course platform. The only problem with that is it just adds another software and adds another expense. So for that reason, I'm still in ClickFunnels with my online course and I haven't really gotten any complaints. And on some level, I do like the simplicity of the course uh, the course platform in ClickFunnels. But if they continue to go and not update things, not update their course platform, and just focus 100% on their sales funnels, eventually I'm going to have no choice but to move off of ClickFunnels. What would be the specific things that you would want your students to be able to do that they're not able to do right now? That is a good question. 
from a student side, I'm not sure exactly. I'm not sure exactly what I would be looking for them to do. But to give you an example of my side, their page editor is still the old page editor for their course for, for when you're editing your course, right? And they've, they've since they've updated their page editor for their funnels and everything probably a couple of years ago. And it's so nice. Their page editor is phenomenal. That's one of my favorite things I like about ClickFunnels. But when you go start editing your course, it's clunky and it's the old page editor. And there's a lot to be desired from the editing side. But I've, I've mm-hmm. tweaked things, gotten things to a point where I'd like how the in product looks when somebody logs into the course. But I think that, you know, your teachables, your thinkific, your kajabis and so on are going to continue to add features, add user experience features and just kind of leave ClickFunnels behind. That's why sure. I say that. Yeah, well, I went back and listened to uh, Paul's first episode and at the very last like sentence that you said was, well, I hope that you come back in a year or so and things are 10 <laughs> times better. And I mean, I was just just so thrilled to hear this like interview a year and a half later and I feel like feel like that prediction or that expectation came true. I mean, he now has two courses, 3,000 students, and then living living his dream of traveling the country. So, I mean, that was the main thing that as I listened to this, I'm like, this is just awesome. Awesome, awesome progression and growth. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. I mean, I kind of caught him toward the beginning of his journey last time. And now he's, you know, a couple, couple years in over a couple years in and, and things are going great. And that's great that, you know, it didn't fizzle out. He's still, but you know, he, he works hard on it. He's always mm-hmm. testing things and he definitely knows, knows what he's doing. I thought the conversation about two versus three YouTube videos was very interesting because obviously I had that conversation with David Wallman as well. So for those listening, you know, if you're, if you're weighing between two and three videos a week, Hey, Two different people so far have said, we've tested it. Two videos is just fine. I've never gotten to a point where I put out two YouTube videos a week. You know, I, I aspire to do one, but I, you know, I am doing two podcast episodes a week and that's working really well. And it's very similar to the way that Paul is doing his YouTube where he's got one, you know, highly produced uh, YouTube video and then more of a live. And that's kind of what I've done with this podcast as well. So I thought the two verse three YouTube videos per week conversation was pretty cool. Definitely. So currently, I have been researching and considering using one of the proof type type apps or plugins. You said that you were researching changing from getproof.com. So what what are you looking at now? I have been using ProofSource based on Paul's recommendation. Proof was getting a little too expensive for me. And I looked, there's so many of those now. I think Proof might have been the first one. But there are so, so, so many of those little social proof plugins. I started looking around and ProofSource just... It, it, you know, everybody's got a trial. So I tried it out and I love it. It's not as expensive. The features are great. And the way that I've implemented, I'm, I'm pretty excited about how I've implemented it. I've had it running for a few weeks now, basically since I recorded the conversation with Paul. And if you go to my homepage, then you basically get these notifications of recent testimonials, written testimonials on Trustpilot. It automatically sucks it in from Trustpilot. And so these testimonials are just popping up. And if you click on it, it'll take you to the testimonials page. So they are clickable. And then on the testimonials page, 
I have like how many people opted in for the free workbook within the last 24 hours. I think I've got that one running on several pages. So that's on the testimonials page, a lot of the blog posts. You click on that, you actually go to the opt-in page, which is cool. Once you're on the opt-in page, it gives the individual notifications. It'll say, you know, John from Canada opted in eight minutes ago and Sally from Connecticut opted Mm. in 12 minutes ago and so on. And then the last different type that I implemented is on my order form. And what it is, is it tells you how many people signed up, you know, purchased piano in 21 days in the past seven days. So, you know, sales have been going really well. So I think right now, if you go to the order form, it says like maybe 140, you know, 100, it says 140 future pianists purchased piano in 21 days in the past seven days. So a lot of different ways that it's just showing social proof. And I've, I've been really digging proof source. And, uh, and I think it just adds to the overall user experience of my website and my funnel. So this might be a dumb question, but with ProofSource, then do you um, currently use Z- Zapier or is it, did you say that it automatically gets it? No. So to collect the data? Mm-hmm. No, you just drop in a little piece of code on all the pages of your website. And I use Google Tag Manager for that. It makes it really, really easy. And and it's it's pretty seamless. You just drop in that code throughout your site and it's it's smart enough to know what it needs to know. Okay, awesome. Yeah, it collects the data really well. So I would, you know, if you're if you're looking into some of these plugins, David, then uh, proof source is the one that I've settled on. One other question that I had kind of for you, um, you mentioned just how your current webinar, the, the button to buy doesn't pop up until later. Like, like how important do you feel like that is that people don't don't have the option to buy like right away in a webinar? Well, I think one of the, the keys there is the price, right? The price can scare people away at the beginning once they don't truly understand what they're getting, the, the benefit that they're getting. And so by having the button there right at the beginning of a, of a two-hour evergreen webinar, somebody can just click that button and see, oh, it's 497 This guy, is, you know, this guy is, is scamming people, charging 497 for a piano course. I'm out of here. Whereas if, if I don't include that button and they don't know the price, then they can actually go through my, my webinar, see me teaching certain things, see me breaking down certain false beliefs and also doing the stack where you, you, you know, for me, I convey the value at like $3,200 and then bring it down. So it's this whole psychology thing that by the time you actually reveal the price of 497, it actually seems like an amazing deal versus a scam. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah, that's uh, that's the way I do it. Yeah. And, and so Paul's now using my ClickFunnels evergreen webinar template, and he says it's going really well. I got an update from him more recently than that conversation. And it's interesting. A lot of a lot of people who are very successful with courses are now using that template and loving it. So as you can imagine, Nate Dodson is using it and, and he was probably the first person to implement it. And it's going great for him. Paul's now using it. Stephanie Taylor, Rent to Rent, is does very well with her course and she's now using it. Also, Elise Dharma, EliseDharma.com. She's got a huge Instagram course. She started using it and she she's probably she probably did the most modifications to my template because I, I was looking at hers yesterday just to see how it was going. And mine has like this black background. 
and and she made hers all pretty you know very congruent with her brand her instagram brand hers is white and it's got all these cool like fonts and graphics and things but it's still at the core it's my template and has my features in it and she said it's going really really well for her as well so a lot of people are starting to use this template and i'm excited about it i'm i'm excited to to see you know months and months in data down the road how how well it's working for people so if you're not familiar with that out there, basically, I used to use EverWebinar for about a year and a half, switched to a newer, much, much more simpler system that is way better for both you and the user on the other end. And you can get that template for free by signing up for ClickFunnels with my link, which is the com slash click. David, are you using it yet? I am. I don't feel like I have it. I, I simplified it compared to what you have. Like, I don't have that button. I don't have the actual price pop in you know, 40 minutes into the webinar. So I don't, I don't have the full functionality that you recommend. But I'm sure you'll get there eventually. That's the goal. Slowly, but surely. All right, cool. Any other takeaways from this conversation with Paul? No, I don't think so. The last thing here is his, the very last thing he said was about less is more simplify. And I couldn't agree more with that. And I mentioned that on, uh, in the conversation with him. So look, that's going to do it. David, thank you so much for joining me for another episode here. Thanks to Paul. Thanks for, thanks to uh, Kelly for that win of the week. And thank you everyone out there for listening to another episode of the online course show for all the notes and links from today's episode. You can find those by going to the online course guy.com slash one thirty two. And for more resources for your online course journey, whether you're a complete beginner or you've already started on this path, have an online course already, and just looking to kind of scale up, head to the onlinecourseguy.com. All kinds of things there for you. So thanks again, everyone. We'll talk next week. Oh.